You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So today we're going to have an interesting conversation. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we're just going to kind of hang out and talk about life. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about intuitive living, intentional living, mindful living, all of the above. Um, and it was really inspired by something that you said during our last episode. And we're kind of going to take what you said and expand on it. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I, you know, I think it's funny that we're kind of wandering into this episode with a little bit of open intentionality. And that's kind of what this episode <laughs> is about of sort of saying, like, I want to really live mm, intentionally or in the moment or intuitively or mindfully. And I really want to be in my life. But how unnerving that can be sometimes because, you know, you and I usually um, at least plan it out a little bit. And this one mm -hmm. is not planned out. Yeah. You know, and even our planning is very light. It's like, Hey, here's this topic. Okay. We kind of know what direction we want to take it in. Sometimes we'll be like, Hey, are you on the same page? Or, you know, are we headed in different directions? And last night we were both just like, let's just talk. <laughs> and even this morning, you know, I was like, what are, what are we naming this episode? Is it in, intuitive living, intentional living? Is it mindful living? And you're like, well, they're all different. And I was like, oh yeah. So I guess we're going to have to talk <laughs> about that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I don't even know what it is. And you know, I think there's this, I think there's a lot of pressure that exists in just the world to live a very specific way. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's so much research out there a lot specifically on mindfulness, like, you know, live mindfully, live intentionally. And, I think honestly that looks different for every person. And I, hopefully that's kind of what we get into today. But, and yeah, so, I mean, I think what it boils down to is this level of intuitive living, this level of intentional or mindful or deliberate living really boils down to what it means for you. And I think maybe we're going to peel back some layers on that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I, I'm I kind of like that we have these words that we're throwing around because it sort of begins with the what's right for you, because I mean, different people sort of crave and want and need different things. One person really should be living more, would be more fulfilled, I might say, by living mindfully, whereas somebody mm -hmm. else might be better served to live intuitively. And they overlap but there's differences. And I think that fundamentally what this comes down to is an issue of, of knowing and loving yourself rather mm -hmm. than setting expectations for yourself or sort of following a pre-written script of this will make you a good person or this will make you feel better. Oh, totally. I think that we should pull a card. I think so. 
Um, so as we shuffle, um, can you share again what you, what it was that you said last episode that really inspired the conversation we're having today? Sure. Uh, what I said, and it just kind of like fell out of my mouth and I might say it was inspiration rather than me, which is something that I say a lot about my work. Often I don't feel like, um, like I'm like, it doesn't feel like it comes from my brain. It kind of feels like it comes from intuition. And this feels like one of those examples. What I said is, am I, uh, excuse me, am I living deliberately or am I living in patterns? And I think Mm. that we see that so much. I mean, I see it in my own life all the time and I see it with, with clients all the time. It's a a question of is, because we do live in patterns, but am I living in this pattern by choice And do I have flexibility in the pattern? And do I have room to kind of like change the pattern in a way that's most right for me in that moment? And when we live that way, we live in freedom. Mm. So really this becomes a conversation of how can you feel more free? Oh, I love that. You know, I feel like I... I reference a lot in my work. It's so funny because like I haven't actually looked up this quote in years. There's a quote um, by Henry David Thoreau um, that's from Walden, which is a challenging book to read. And I paraphrase it. I have to say, I I don't quote it a lot. I paraphrase it a lot. So I'm going to halfway quote it here. It's, I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, Mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot. And not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. And this is a guy who lived in Walden, like super deliberately. He left his pretty comfy life and went to Walden Pond in Massachusetts and built a little cabin and made choices about saying like, this is, I'm going to live by my own hands entirely so that I'm more Mm -hmm. aware of the life that I'm having. I mean, I think he did it for like two years and then went back to his cushy life and wrote a nice book about it, but an interesting challenge for us all to consider. You know, as you said that, I immediately thought of a card that I had pulled, you know, right before we got into this conversation, because I always pull like the card when when we start the conversation, but I've started just randomly pulling and laying out cards to guide the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I had pulled seven of pentacles and I feel like it is exactly that quote. And it's interesting because I, I love the seven of pentacles so much, but the like you sharing that quote and the way I'm experiencing it now is I don't it's interesting I you know when I think of mindful living and or intuitive living or intentional living you know I, that quote I think of the people who kind of embrace that life of like going to live in the woods and I feel this sense of like <laughs> jealousy and envy because I so desperately want to be that and it's like when you look at the seven of pentacles you know, I want to be those pentacles that are in the trees. <laughs> I want to be like that quote, but I feel like I'm that person with, you know, that the shovel kind of mm-hmm. standing there, like with the, with the tool and, and the work that needs to be done. And I think this is just like my own work that needs to be done of having difficulty seeing that two can exist at once and not feeling like if I live intuitively, then I can't do this hard work. Or if I'm living intuitively or mindfully, that means, you know, I'm not doing these other things or or vice versa. But yeah, I mean, it's, sometimes it feels unattainable for me. And 
<laughs> I, it reminds me, I, I joke that I wish I was hippie mother earth, but I'm too type A for that. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the seven of pentacles is very much a representation of that and that quote. So interesting that you brought that quote up. And then I was thinking of that card because I think that this is a, I, I know I'm not alone in the yeah. struggle. No, I mean, you're not alone. I think everything you just said was so, um, true and authentic. And I think people get it so funny as we thought about this episode, I kept thinking of two of pentacles and, you know, we're going to actually have to pull a card in a second, but, um, because I think that that is sort of the thing. I think that we have culturally decided that living mindfully or living intuitively is this beautiful bohemian, like I I wake up with the sun and like, I, you know, like I just eat nuts and berries when I want to. And, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one thing that you said to me, I think, I can't remember what we were talking about this idea, maybe last week, this almost feels like a dream. Like I sort of, I'm like, that was a weird conversation. And I said something about how I don't think I live intuitively. And you just said Mm -hmm. to me, but what about your chickens? Which is like a funny, like, it was just such a funny exchange because we didn't discuss it after that. But but what about your chickens? Oh, yes. This is how I live intuitively. But I think that that was like the moment that it kind of like shot open for me is that Mm -hmm. um, so much about my chickens are about me living intuitively. But the work that was required to be able to have these chickens, like you can't just like, it's not like I went into the woods and grabbed some chickens and now they walk around in my house, you know, like (laughs) I had to like buy the aviary and put it together. And like, I have to go to the store. Oh my God. I have to go to the store today and get chicken feed. You know, it's, it's that duality of living intuitively or mindfully or intentionally or deliberately requires of us a huge amount of work. And that's not how we talk about it. And we should. 100%. I mean, and you just described seven of pentacles. Like I, I never would have thought that that was like maybe the ultimate, like in like intuitive living card. Like I had some other cards that I pulled that are like, I was like, Oh yeah, this is totally like a representation of that. But now I'm thinking of this card totally different. And I think you embody, especially with your chickens. I was hoping you'd bring that up because I, <laughs> I loved that tiny little micro interaction between us. And I was like, no, you have your chickens. Of course that's intuitive living. <laughs> um, and you were like, oh, really? <laughs> um, I loved that so much. And yeah, the seven of like, you have that perfect balance with, with those chickens. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful representation of seven of pentacles. And you know, I think for me, I think too broadly, like you had kind of opened up that discussion a second ago about intuitive living. And I think a lot of us do where we feel like we have to change every aspect of our life to be some flowy, organic, Mm -hmm. chill, zen type of experience. And that's just not realistic. Sometimes it is just you know, 10, 15 minutes out of your day that you're spending with your chickens. Oh my gosh. I want to keep talking about this, but I really feel like, <laughs> yeah, like we need a pull here's card. the work, right? <laughs> that like the seven of pentacles of me is like, no, we have to do what we're supposed to do. <laughs> it's funny that we were like, oh, we're just going to go in it and, you know, be very free flowy, very, very intuitive of us actually this episode, mm-hmm. not have any sort of goal in mind just to sit and talk. And now we're like, wait, we got to get back on our pattern. And that was kind of, that was the quote that you said, are you living to like deliberately or in pattern, something beautiful like that. 
because we do have a pattern that we mm-hmm. experience in the podcast, even though it's, you know, not scripted, we have, we have this, Oh, what a beautiful balance of, of intuition that we actually have here. Mm. Because when we're experiencing these conversations with each other, we know intuitively when it's time to move on or when it's time to shuffle. And there's no discussion beforehand about that. I, I just realized That's that. That's so <laughs> true that like, it's not yeah. like we need to forsake the patterns. So like, I think right. I misspoke last week with it because the patterns give us um, a pathway to walk on, but it's sort of deciding, do I want to turn right or do I don't want to turn left at this point? Mm. Yeah. And oh, oh, so oh, I want to hear what you pulled, but the card <laughs> I pulled, I think you just made, made it make sense. Do your card then. And then I have some interesting ones. So I pulled six of cups reversed. Oh, right. Which is about being like stuck or having unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that could go both ways. You saying, like you saying what you just said, made that click this, you know, we might feel like it's unrealistic to live intentionally or in patterns, but we also might have unrealistic expectations of what it means to live that way. Yes, it does. You know, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, that was it. It it actually blends really perfectly with, um, I I pulled a card right before we started and then I just pulled another card. So that goes really well with the card I pulled directly before, which is the devil. Oh yeah. I might think of that reverse six of cups. I mean, this is just interpretation, right? Like we can play with Mm -hmm. it. That's what we do with tarot. That's what we do in therapy is we play with different ideas that reverse six of cups to me, feels a little bit like getting blocked because of the story that we had from our childhood and a narrative that we've brought into the world of I'm not able to live intuitively because, because I'm a type A person, right. Or Mm -hmm. because I was raised with a different kind of ethic around it or like whatever. So these ideas that like, I am stuck in this way of being either if it's conscious or unconscious, those stuck ideas prevent us from living deliberately. And I might echo that. I think that that devil card is so important in this conversation, Mm -hmm. particularly when we're talking about the idea of intuition, we really have to do this work around, is this sensation that I'm having this urge that I'm having, is this my intuition or is this, um, the devil whispering into my ear saying, do this, is this a bad habit or, Mm. um, a broken idea that perhaps used to serve me well, but now I just do habitually, but it feels right. But it feels like it's instinctually or intuitively. Mm. And I think that that is a really important question to ask yourself before you are actually really living intuitively. Oh, that's so brilliant. Especially going back, like pairing the six of cups reversed with that, with the devil card is so cool because it's really also about unlearning learned behavior in a way. I love that so much. I think that that's a lot of what we're talking about. Maybe it's worthwhile just sort of breaking down the, um, cause we've been using a lot of these words and we sort of talked about like, we should probably define them. We, I was just <laughs> talking about living intuitively. We can also talk about living mindfully or living deliberately or is there another word in there that I'm missing intentionally Intentionally. but you know I think deliberately it's the same thing yeah okay do you want to pick up one of them uh sure I mean I mean we can just both riff together I think when we talk about living 
intuitively, it's about trusting our instincts, trusting ourself and in our inner world, but also being able to have a conversation kind of like what you're talking about the devil. Like, is this rooted in reality, a true experience, or is this a pattern that I feel like I need to, um, engage in or a thought that I need to have versus something that is actually going to help me? Yes. I think that that's right. I mean, like, I think that intuitive living, which is the one that I find most interesting, which just tells you a little bit about me. Um, to me, that's the really exciting stuff is about being able to really tap into your own innermost wisdom, which depending on your belief system may or may not be connected to a different type of wisdom. It might be connected to the collective unconscious, or it might be connected to a a divine wisdom in some way, or you don't have to think that at all. You can just think that it's like deeply rooted. But to me, being able to tap into that wisdom is really exciting and something to, if you can do it, it's pretty cool. But I think that it's so easy to trick yourself into thinking that that's what you're doing when actually... Mm -hmm you're just, um, doing something that's actually perhaps even really dysfunctional. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of segues nicely into mindful living or like, you know, when we're thinking about living mindfully, we're paying attention to things where we're purposely like hyper-focusing on, well, the easiest example is our breathing or the food we're eating, how it tastes, the texture and, removing ourselves from all of the distractions and unhelpful thoughts, unhelpful patterns that that you were just describing and just being present in the moment that we have. Because a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves living in the future, living in the past. And there's a saying, when we live in the future, we have anxiety. When we live in the past, we have depression and mindful living is all about living in the present moment. And in the present moment, all we might have is a cup of coffee in front of us or the eggs we cooked for breakfast and taking a few seconds to really just be present in the moment with that thing. Research shows that it does wonders for our mental and physical health. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, when we talk about mindful living and we can honestly like be oversold mindfulness, a lot of Mm -hmm. people might not like Mm -hmm. that I'm saying that, but you know, it's true. You know, capitalism exists. People are going to try and sell you all kinds of things when it comes to mindful living, but you know, it's as simple as taking a sip of your coffee and closing your eyes and just noticing all the notes, the temperature changes, noticing how it feels as you swallow the coffee. If you really pay attention and you're living mindfully, you can feel the coffee move through your body. (laughs) And we don't experience those small moments throughout the day as humans, because we're just constantly in our head and trying to do three, four or five different things at once. I mean, even this morning, I was trying to have breakfast with my partner and I'm sending emails, sending text messages, <laughs> reading <laughs> articles and like trying to make sure the dog is taken care of and mindful living would have been stopping everything that I was doing, just taking five minutes to have a conversation over a cup of coffee and intentional living too. I guess they all overlap. They totally overlap, but I think that there is a, a really important distinction here. Um, I, I kind of want to pull up the seven of cups here. Because I think that mindful living is a great answer for seven of cups. If we mm. are living in a space and you sort of have an idea of like your own mental landscape, if you are living in a space where you're living in these cups, 
or you're like, you're sort of always like, but what if this, but what if this, but and like, let me daydream about this in a positive way, but then also let me have this like revenge fantasy. And then let me also sort of like ignore the fact that like I'm in debt, but I'm going to go and spend all this money on something else or whatever. Like yeah. that's the seven of cups is like, I'm living in the clouds in ideas and I'm not here on earth. My feet are not on the ground. I'm not in my life. If that's what you're doing, which by the way, some people do that compulsively all the time. All of us do it sometimes. So when you're in that space, the answer is living mindfully. Let me breathe. Let me drink my coffee. Let me just look at this cloud. Let me Mm -hmm. do one thing at a time and be here right now. And it's powerful, but that's living mindfully is let me be here right now. And this is really like what, um, Buddhism teaches us. This is what particularly Zen Mm -hmm. Buddhism teaches us. And this is what, um, the therapeutic approach to this is one thing that you've been talking that you and I have been talking about off script is, um, dialectic behavioral therapy or DBT is all grounded in this concept of mindfulness and can be a huge relief to people whose minds just have a hard time being here now because they're never, living here. They're always living in some version of a distorted reality. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm looking down. Oh, and actually these two cards are right next to each other. I love this. Two additional cards that I pulled. I like that you brought up DBT because one of them I associated with uh, dialectical behavior therapy, but I pulled the six of swords reversed and the world. Oh, nice. And it's interesting because I feel like the six of swords reversed also represents like a level of stuckness that I had mentioned, um, with the six of cups Mm -hmm. reversed, but the six of swords touches on something you were just mentioning a a minute ago about possible avoidance. And I think when we're talking about living intentionally or mindfully, maybe not necessarily intuitively, um, Mm -hmm. but mindfully or intentionally, we have to be careful to make sure that we're not doing that in the hopes of avoiding problems or to escape the world. Um, so I, I think this card asks us, you know, what, what is motivating you to live intentionally or intuitively? I guess that's the motivational interviewing, or what are you hoping, what are you hoping to escape? What are you yeah. hoping the outcome is by living this way? And I, I think those are, and those are therapy questions and that could, you could spend a whole session with a therapist, um, on that question alone. And then the world next to it is like, that's the DBT card. And, you know, you bringing that up, I love because the world is this, this idea of kind of radical acceptance, which is a concept Mm. in DBT, which is essentially basically what you're saying. And it goes back to something you say all the time on the podcast, which is that two things can be true, you know, so radical acceptance and the world really go hand in hand because it's about kind of recognizing that inevitable, like reality of duality, <laughs> reality of duality, <laughs> you know, that it's in, that is inherent in being human. Um, you know, going back to that seven of cups and, and working to accept that. Yeah. I'm glad that you said all of that. Like, cause it, like my brain's kind of on fire, like, Oh my goodness, all these different things. I love that you're talking about the idea of why is it that I'm pursuing this? Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, the motivational interview there. Why am I pursuing it? Because it can go right back to seven of cups. I'm pursuing it because I think that then I'm going to be this rather than because I really want to live 
my life and I really want to be here. It's, I don't want to live my life. And so I think if I do this other thing, then I won't be here anymore. Then things are going to change. Mm. You know what other card I pulled that, oh gosh, I love how everything's kind of segueing into each other. I pulled the nine of swords reverse. Oh, I yeah. pulled a lot of reversals, but I also, I want to talk about it upright too. And I feel like you're going to have a lot to say about this. You know, this nine of swords reverse could be about the ability to recognize and acknowledge that suffering exists, goes back to kind of the Buddhist principles mm-hmm. um, and that it will not, it's not ever going to go away or disappear entirely, but having that desire and that ability to, to work towards learning how to exist alongside the suffering, another Buddhist principle, instead of just feeling like you have to be the suffering. Yeah. Right. I mean, we see this in, in existential humanist theory as well. Like that's one of the, there's like seven fundamentals of that theory. (laughs) And one of them I just enjoy, accept anxiety as a condition of life. Boom. Like that's it. You just have to accept it. You're human. You're going to be anxious. And it's a fantasy to think, oh, if I am mindful, then I will be less anxious. Although also truth, two things are true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Also true that if you work on mindfulness or if you work on meditation, or if you bring this into your life, the anxiety will decrease. It's not going to be gone. That's a fantasy. Yeah. I love that. That's where you're going. And I knew that you would have something great to say about that card because it's about acknowledging that it's going to exist. It's about having the ability to intuitively understand why it might be there Mm. or understand and accept that maybe you don't know why it's there, but that you're having this kind of visceral, physiological, emotional reaction. And then being able to have a mindful, deliberate, or intentional approach to caring for yourself in that moment. This is where it all intersects in a way that's super interesting, right? Right. Um, So mindfulness helps us be in the world. It helps us relieve some anxiety. It helps us have radical acceptance. It helps us not live in fantasy. When we live deliberately or intentionally, that's an extension of that because that's that mm-hmm. seven of, of pentacles card of I'm doing this on purpose, not just I am drinking my coffee and being aware that I am here. I am making deliberate choices to do things on purpose. This is what I'm doing because I want my life to look like this. Like one thing I'll often ask clients is sort of like, well, what do you want your life to look like six months from now? And Mm-hmm. surprisingly, often people can't answer. They're like, I, I don't know, like, not like this is sort of the answer. And so once we start living deliberately, that goes back to this concept of motivational interviewing. What is it that you actually want? Okay, figure out what you want, then let's engineer how to get there. But a lot of people are stuck with, I don't know what they want. So then we start with mindfulness. That's a yes. great place to begin. Then we start living deliberately or intentionally, I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I want X. This is the pathway to X. So I'm going to do this on purpose because I want the thing that I want. Then we can get to intuition, which I'm going to pull in ace of cups on this one. Cause that feels like mm-hmm. the right card, um, for living intentionally or excuse me, not intentionally, but living intuitively is having made your choices, being able to say, I am here now being able to say, this is the pathway that I am deliberately walking and then being able to say, all right, and now I'm going to tap into my wisdom because I've released a lot of those devil thoughts. And now I'm going to try to tap into this, um, 
ongoing flow between the chalice and the water and sort of this wisdom that goes beyond me and tap into that to make a decision around something. Maybe I don't want to work today. I don't want to work today because I have inspiration to do something else, not because I have a story in my head about work. Oh, so many things to say. And I might throw, I might throw you a curveball. Oh, fun. <laughs> Tara might throw you a curveball. Four of pentacles. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah. Cause I feel like, okay, I love everything you just said. And I feel like we could say, okay, that's the episode. There you go. But one of the cards I pulled is four of pentacles, which is basically saying, mm, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to make this difficult for you. Um, <laughs> because this, I feel like four of pentacles is just screaming like resistance at, at yeah. me right now, like while you're talking. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, when we think about living this life of intentionality or in, in intuitive or mindful living, there's this, this resistance and this fear that we're giving something up whether it's like hypervigilance and it's really our anxiety talking, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, if I do this and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to notice when something bad happens or I, that's not rooted in reality, which is a level of pessimism, which, you know, we, and this goes back to maybe that reverse six of cups and learning to unlearn thoughts, six of cups and the devil that you pulled, um, because we think that this is going to keep us safe. And so, you know, there's, I guess there's this fear that we won't be safe if we start living this way. And there's, there's like both this level and energy of freeness, but also I think to play devil's advocate rigidity Mm -hmm. that exists here. And I mean, I guess this is the concept of duality that you keep um, referencing here because it can be really scary to some people. And, you know, I think people who haven't embraced that level of mindful or intuitive living might feel like those who have, or maybe holding on to that practice too tightly and out of touch with reality. I mean, I think that this is actually a brilliant card to throw in because the way I just uh, portrayed this was a little bit like it was uh, stair steps. You know, first you do mindfulness, then you become mm-hmm. intention, and then you can live in, in, in your intuition. I, I think that that might not be true. I think that that's just a way of talking about it, but there's other ways of talking about it. And I think that that four of pentacles really speaks to where we can get stuck in any of them. All of these, um, need to change constantly. We can't sort of live in only one state because we're humans, because we are on this earth walking around having a wide variety of experiences. I mean, again, Thoreau left living deliberately and went back to his normal life. And then it changed again. I mean, (laughs) that's actually, I'm thinking so much about parenting and like what happens, um, when, when you have kids and how much you radically have to change and learn lessons. And then you radically have to unlearn those lessons. Like we see this a lot with, um, napping issues, like particularly kids who have a hard time sleeping and napping that the parents can become very quickly, extremely rigid around napping because they kind of have to, because if you don't like your life is (laughs) like a waking hell because you just, you don't sleep and it's a problem. And so you get really, you learn how to get really, really uptight about napping. And then a year goes by and you're still really uptight about napping because you had to be, but now all of a sudden your kid has changed and now you need to release that and learn a different lesson. And that's what it's like to be alive. It's like, I have to learn how to do this thing. And I get really rigid, really four of pentacles. And then I have to learn how to release it. 
And then in releasing it, I grab a couple, four more pentacles and I hang on to those. Whoops, now that's a mistake. I got to change it again. This is basically life. Oh, 100%. And I feel like that's a beautiful representation of flow state Mm. and not only embracing the freeness that exists in that, but knowing that when you're in a flow state, it's not 100% linear. There, there's a constant up and down. Sometimes it's wavier. Sometimes it's calm. And I just pulled all the majors, basically the sun, the moon, the high priestess and the tower. Because <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah, totally. You know, I feel like the high priestess is kind of the, the guiding force here of, mm. you know, being in between those two black and white pillars and, you know, maybe in, and holding this, this script that, you know, is guiding her, but also knowing that sometimes you have to look downwards at the moon and say, okay, what is this script that I'm holding? Not telling me, not sharing. Sometimes you do have to step out of um, that pattern to go back to that word that you've been existing in it and embrace that sometimes intentional living or mindful living or intuitive living is really just all about being flexible. It's not about stepping into one pathway and, and doing the thing over and over and over again. It's being able to acknowledge that this thing worked at this point in time in my life, but now it's not working anymore. So I have to figure out something, which I guess brings in the tower and mm-hmm. knowing that when that thing no longer works, okay, now you have to rebuild something else. I'm running out of space for cards here because I know. I've <laughs> So many cards. I want to pull up one that um, at the very beginning, I pulled a card right before we started. Then I pulled a card as we were talking. And I think it's about time. Like everything you just said was so interesting. And I kind of want to pick up on High Priestess and link it to the card I pulled, which is uh, Queen of Cups. I th- oh, yeah. I think it's interesting how little we speak about High Priestess. I know, right? right? We don't talk about it very much at all. And I think that that says a lot about us. I think it says a lot about um, our belief systems around like (laughs) wanting, I mean, I think like echoing what you said earlier, sort of wanting to be like a certain kind of way. I mean, doesn't everybody kind of want to be the high priestess, but Mm -hmm. it feels like we're not, like it feels unobtainable. It almost feels like like an Instagram life rather than like a reality. And so I think that maybe a pathway to be able to get to that place, which I think we can get to, I think I probably get to it more often than I realize. I think a pathway is this queen of cups of being Mm -hmm. able to kind of say, okay, let me sit with everything that's going on, my physical experience, my emotional experience, my experience in the world, let me sit with it and let me regulate and hold Mm -hmm. this cup in my hands and say like, this is in my control. What do I want to do with this? And then, then we can link into the high priestess. I think what you're saying is so important because the thing I keep hearing is it's going to look different for everybody and whatever queen of cups and high priestess feels like for you is acceptable and okay. And I think a lot of us can get stuck on feeling like we have to, like whatever queen of cups means, for example, whatever the traditional interpretation of that is, it's almost like a lot of people feel like, well, I have to take it at face value, or I have to live like the high priestess, whatever the actual meaning of the high priestess is. And I think that's why we love tarot so much is that we, it's about storytelling and everyone's story is different. And every time you look at a card, sure, there might be an influence of the traditional meaning, but it's going to bring up your own unique narrative. And I think when we're talking about intentional living, intuitive living, 
you need to remember that that's going to look uniquely different for everybody. And it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. So I'm going to pull that back because I noticed that we pulled two sixes. And whenever we start pulling patterns like that, I'm starting to pay attention to like, what is that? So we pulled six of swords and we pulled six of cups and sixes tends to be about the idea of responsibility. And I like then grabbing six of pentacles and six of wands too. Six of pentacles is um, this sort of responsibility of giving and taking and understanding that to whom much is given, much is expected. And also if you are on the receiving end, at some point you are going to be on the giving end and it's okay to be on the receiving end and it's okay to be on the giving end. There's a cycle with it, but it has to do with responsibility. And I think that the responsibility that we have it in victory in six of wands of like, mm-hmm. look, I went and I took some responsibility and I did a thing. And now I have this victorious moment. Once we start thinking about this concept of living intuitively or living mindfully or living deliberately or intentionally with this idea of this is your responsibility because it's your life, that settles really neatly into my brain. I love that you're talking about responsibility because that segues perfectly into the queen of wands that I want to talk about. Ooh, I love her. And I, yeah, I pulled this uh, earlier as part of the cards that we're going to guide the conversation. And I grabbed Tarot for Change to see what Jessica Dore had to say about it. And what she says about it feels very differently than how I tend to experience the card. But I think it actually lends itself perfectly to expand on what you just said. Because um, like when I think of, of wands, you know, I think of level of like franticness or just like a lot of energy and queen of wands is like the ruler of that energy. That's how I tend to view it. Um, but Jessica door slows that franticness down. Um, and like she focuses specifically on the element of fire and creativity. And I'm honing in on that level of creativity because I think there's a level of responsibility there in terms of like creating this experience for yourself. And I want to, I really just want to read an excerpt from the book about queen of wands, because I can't say it better than she does. Um, so I'll just read that real quick. She says, Joseph Campbell famously talked about the importance of having a sacred space and time where you don't know what's on the news, what your friends are doing or what's on your to-do list that day, but rather you simply find a way to ground and make an opening for creativity. A lot of us don't have fireplaces in our homes or proper hearths as it feels as though Campbell was suggesting, but it feels as though Campbell was suggesting we create something to serve that same function, a place where we protect and guard the flame of our creative spirit and come into conversation with the symbolic gods, whether our gods are things like personal values, moral or spiritual codes, or deities with the ability to influence our lives on earth. Total responsibility. It's creating intentionality and mindfulness for yourself. I love that. I'm just like wrapping myself around in the blanket of all of those ideas right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I had never heard that from Joseph Campbell before and I, like so important. I mean, I, because when I think of Joseph Campbell, I always think about um, the heroic journey and I think mm-hmm. about the collective con- unconscious and I think about like mythology and our shared yes. stories, but to bring it back to this place which I think taps into intuitive living mm-hmm. is learning those mythologies, learning 
the responsibilities that come with those stories. Cause those stories are all about taking responsibility. I mean, like that's part yes. of the heroic journey that we see in the beginning is that the, there's somebody who is called to action. And one of their first moves typically is to decline it and to say, no, 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 that's not for me. So again, we're going back to this idea of responsibility, but then to realize that that story about going out and seeking also needs to be balanced again, two of mm -hmm. pentacles, there's this balancing with making time to sit by the fire and letting that wisdom speak. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.